Shy Guys football podcast, your weekly source for fantasy football news and advice. I'm Donnie Mack. With me, as always, is Anthony Bassett. How are we doing today? Good, man. Been a long day. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm glad to finally be here. I'm ready to excited for us. Yeah, it's a good thing they can't see the clock at home. See what time we're actually starting this recording, but we're we're getting we're getting down to it. I know it's been a busy day. Yeah, I'm coming straight from a, a, a full day of work. And, you know, it's 11:30 <laughs> at night. I, I just want you guys to know we are dedicated to giving this. We told, we told you guys we were going to be giving you good information, help you with your fantasy season all season long, and we're you know we're doing it. We're here. I don't know. We're going to keep this up for 16 weeks, but we're going to try. Right. Well, <laughs> the big news right now is football is back. Fantasy season has started. We are through week one. I have had an absolutely terrible week one. You, you on the other hand, had a very interesting week, very exciting week one. Yeah, we definitely had some contrast there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, my, my team's underperformed projections by about 33%. Yeah, that happens. You know, it, it, for me, um, I'm not going into my 18th season playing fantasy football. And it always seems after you win a championship for whatever reason, your squad almost wants to come out and bomb week one, you know, but uh, I've learned the hard way, you know, be, be patient. The first couple of weeks, man, they're, they're always crazy. Don't, don't worry about your studs that you drafted that didn't perform in week one. And I know you had Nick Chubb and Joe Mixon and those, man, that's tough. You know, yeah. And we're going to get one. to those. Yeah, for sure. But you know, hang tight, you know, yeah. you'll be all right. You've you got a good squad. Let them know how close you, in particular, one of your games went, what was it, half a point separated you win from loss? Oh, we're going to do this now. Okay. So, no, yeah. this is a good, this is a story. So, um, so we, we run two leagues in tandem for, for those of you who don't know and aren't in our leagues. Um, <clears throat> I'd be surprised because it's probably almost going to be people in our leagues watching this. But hey, you know, for those of you out there who don't, um, we run a redraft and a dynasty league in tandem. It's the same, we have a 10 team league and it's the same 10 players in both leagues. And so in my redraft league, I was done going into Monday night and my opponent had Juju Smith Schuster. I was up by about 21.9 points or, or so, some, something right about there. And then in my uh, dynasty league, I have Juju Smith Schuster and my opponent had AJ Brown and Derrick Henry. Um, going into that that last game there, and so in that game I was up at by about twelve points going into that, which you just missed their play, but he still had Derrick Henry and AJ Brown, right? And so I'm going into Monday night thinking, you know, I, I mean, Juju's either going to blow up and I'm going <laughs> to lose my redraft, but then have a, a wider margin for error in my in dynasty, or Juju's going to do nothing. I'm going to be fine in redraft, but then I'm probably going to drop my first dynasty game, right? And so it, it was one of those things where I'm probably just going to go one and one. I was resigned to that going into Monday night. And then, holy crap, best case scenario. Juju Smith-Schuster shelling out for 21 points. He got the max that he could have gotten. And then I, I still end up winning in my, in my redraft league. I ended up winning by 0.56 points. That is a that is a thin margin. Yeah. No. <laughs> that, is, that you are hanging on every play happening in those games. Yeah, a good friend of mine, Chris Vazquez, as well, is playing. And he's new to the league. Uh, first year playing fantasy football. He's got power squad. And um, we were going into the game. We were, we, were watch, we were watching it separately, but we were texting the entire time. And we were going into it like, man, I did not, that last drive, I did not want there to be enough time left for the Steelers to have to feel like they had to throw. I was hoping that they would just clock it out, right? 
And we're, we're going into that, texting back and forth, like, oh, man, I don't know what's going to happen. I think Juju's done. I think he's going to do it. Man, it was so unbelievable. I and mean, those are the fantasy weeks that you live for, right? And then it ended up working out just as well with, with A.J. Brown kind of having a down week. Derrick Henry still put up a decent stat line. I think it was right about 15 points. And so that one ended up being super close, too. I ended up winning that one by six points. So best case scenario for me, I have a max. I could get out of Juju and still win my redraft. And it gave me just enough cushion to comfortably win in my dynasty league as well. Two wins off the bat starting out. It's a good it's a good week one. Yeah, and well, and Chris had a good week against me as well, because I also played him. And I yeah. and I am kind of the dynasty target right now. Because <laughs> if you'll notice, this lovely trophy sitting right here. And why is it sitting on my side of the table? Because this is my trophy for winning last year's dynasty championship. Yeah, you earned it, buddy. You earned it. You had a good season last year. Well, that's why it's here in the studio. You get to come and visit it every week. Yeah, you're lucky you didn't play me. I had like, <laughs> the third place game, and I dominated. I, I, I think I had the, the, the league high that week as well in the finals. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> well, the, the big wins, the big losses this week, you're going to hear about some of those players that made those happen. But first, we're going to start off with some of the news, notes, and injuries from around the season. And starting off with a big one here, Marlon Mack, done for the year, Achilles. Yeah, it's tough seeing him go on IR. Uh, I mean, it's great things for Jonathan Taylor, and it's really exciting for Naeem Hines, right? I think um, we'll, we'll, we'll get to those a little bit in more detail later. But any, anytime you see a player go down for the year or really to any degree ever, it, it sucks, man. Right. Well, for fantasy players, it opens up the possibility of two new rising stars. Yeah, that's why you pay, play the wire. Yeah, with some openings coming up here. Uh, we also have uh, Blake Jarwin also done for the year. This one, this time going down with a torn ACL. Yeah, he was primed for that big uh, breakout season, the Blakeout season. Yep. And, uh, well, he, Blake is now out. <laughs> uh, we have Michael Thomas, high ankle sprain. Mm, that's, that's a painful one. It intends to play through it. Yeah, um, that's going to be a tough one, man. High ankle sprains, those are no joke. I mean, you saw how badly it hampered Alvin Kamara last year as well as St. Juan Barkley. Thomas is claiming that he's planning on playing through it. I'd almost rather him sit out, man. Yeah. Um, just heal up, you know, get back to 100%. His, his production is going to be highly limited. I mean, you saw it. You saw it in the Tampa Bay game. You were expecting a lot more than three points out of it. And, you know, we'll get there too. Yeah. Listed as probable, uh, alongside George Kittle uh, with a knee injury, listed as questionable. And I love some of these designations sometimes as a fantasy player. They can be so aggravating going into a weekend when you have some of these injury designations, trying to figure out what's going through the heads of the coaching staff. And do you have to sit there five minutes before the game start on Sunday morning trying to figure out, can I leave him in the lineup? Or do I have to make the switch right now? And, I mean, how often have you made the wrong choice there? I mean, yeah, no, it happens all the time. I mean, what's worse is when it's like a 3 o'clock game or a Monday night game or yeah. something like that. Um, Mike Evans was one of those issues going into this Sunday because he was a 3 o'clock game and nobody knew if he was going to play or what he would even look like if he was on the field. Those soft tissue injuries, man, those those are hard. Those are hard to predict what the player's going to look like. And so those those are always the tough situations. you got to be uh, set yourself up on your roster to really be able to make moves if you need to. Yep, we have another questionable here. Uh, Bell with a hamstring, likely to miss week two, so start planning around that now. Yeah, the thing I, I, um, I, uh, about Bell, and actually I want to go back to Kittle a little bit on this as well. So we're recording on a Tuesday night, and so 
by the time you see this, you'll have a little bit more information about George Kittle and Lev Bell and what their situations look like. I believe Lev Bell is, is out for at least three weeks. I think they did prick him with the 10 by R. And so um, with Kittle, it's they were they're planning on seeing what his knee looks like on Wednesday when he comes into practice. And if he could go at all, he was uh, reported to have some soreness in his knee today. So it's kind of a wait and see game with Kittle. We don't really know what his status is going to look like coming into the weekend yet, but we should get, as the week goes on, we'll get more and more information. And you can follow us on Twitter to get those updates as well. Yep. Uh, we got another hamstring with uh, Devontae Parker. Um, something that's been uh, affecting him for a while. Um, with, and then David Njoku on the IR. Yeah, that's unfortunate. You know, Devontae Parker was struggling with the hamstring injury all through training camp. And with David Njoku, he he had this, you know, I that he wanted he, he was brought in as a first round draft pick originally, right? And he wanted to be the team's lead dog at the tight end position. They brought in Austin Cooper. You had Njoku come out and request a trade, and then they kind of like talked him out of it. You know, they they clearly had a place for him in that offense, and then already done for the year. It's just oh, you know, it's so close, so close. Yeah. Uh, last bit of news this week, not quite an injury, but about the same level. Uh, we got Parky being signed by the Browns, and as as the shy guys, you know, we have to bring it up. <laughs> yeah, God, fine. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's get into some studs and duds for Week One. What we saw, what we liked, what didn't quite pan out exactly as we thought it should. Starting off with the studs, moving through some of the quarterbacks, Russell Wilson. Putting up 30.8 points in fantasy, 31 for 35, 322 yards, four touchdowns. I mean, this is what we kind of expect out of Russell Wilson. Uh, Same with Aaron Rodgers, also putting up over 30 points in fantasy, 32 for 44, 364 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, no real surprises with those two. You're kind of getting what you expect. And then we have Josh Allen putting up 28.2 points. 33 for 46, 312 yards and two touchdowns. And on top of that, 14 carries, 57 yards, and a touchdown all by his own. You need to sound more excited, man. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're a little blase right now, man. you got to get excited about this. These, these are some top performances. Aaron Rodgers didn't look like this all last season. You know what I mean? He came out and he just shelled out. Now, at... As, as I mentioned in our uh, our mini-series going over the offseason changes, I did think that the Minnesota defense got worse. I, I kind of felt like the Minnesota team as a whole got worse. And um, I didn't think they got that bad to allow that kind of a performance out of Aaron Rodgers. No, it is Aaron Rodgers. And so this is where it kind of gets tough. Now, what do you believe about Aaron Rodgers and this Packers offense, right? I did see Matt LaFleur kind of look a little bit more comfortable running his scheme. They didn't look like quite the same offense they've looked like over the last couple of years. They uh running plays quite a bit differently than than what I'm used to seeing out of that offense. Uh Aaron Rodgers looks completely in command and control and is looks looks like he's on a mission. Do we think that the old Aaron Rodgers is back now or is this kind of a blip against a bad defense? Personally I'd like to see I'd like to see him string together a couple of these again before I buy back into it. Sure. But he was not this quarterback last year. And, and it's not like he got younger here, unless he visited some kind of foundation <laughs> I'm not aware of. But, uh, I mean, yeah, Devontae, Park, or Devontae Adams all day long. Holy crap. Um, Josh Allen did great. He's got to get that fumbling under control, those two fumbles. 
Um, but even even with that, twenty eight point two points, and that's that's the kind of floor that this guy gives you with his his rushing ability, man. Um, I mean, fourteen carries. Now he wasn't supposed to run that much. Um, they really dialed it back last year. I don't know what the scheme is and the plan is for him on that front going forward. I know, I know he's not supposed to be taking off that much, especially bringing in Stephon Diggs. But the, they they were kind of clicking in a fat, as well as you're going to with Josh Allen and his kind of accuracy issues, right? And so it, it just kind of seemed to work, but it was against the Jets defense. So so um, if they can continue that versus some good defenses, then I'm all in. I'm, I'm all in on this offense. I mean, this, this guy balled out. He's got one heck of a floor. Yeah, definitely. All right, moving on to some of our running back studs this week. Josh Jacobs, 33.9 points. Now, I want to rewind for a second. As we said, Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers putting up 30.8. Josh Jacobs, 33.9 points in fantasy this week. Three touchdowns will do that, man. Yeah, no. Quarterbacks are usually the highest scoring uh, position in fantasy football. However, you usually, most leagues are single quarterback leagues. And so you don't really need to prioritize the position in this quite the same way, uh, especially because the quarterbacks are going to kind of cycle through which ones are the top performers of the week. You're, you're going to see a myriad of different uh, top 10 quarterback finishes throughout the year. Um, and, and in fact, you're, 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 you're going to see uh, probably over 20 quarterbacks throughout the course of the season be fantasy relevant, right? Uh, with running backs, it's kind of rare to see him quite that high. Three touchdowns will do it, though. Now, he was a little inefficient on the, on the ground. 25 rushes for only 93 yards. Uh, as far as an average goes, it's, it's not great, but I am encouraged to see him handle that much volume. And the big thing is is the four receptions on six targets. I don't think he saw four targets all less in any game last season. And so that that's really where you wanted to see Josh Jacobs. Uh, improve a little bit. I, obviously, he's not going to get three touchdowns every game, but you wanted to see that baseline flow with the reception game to consider him a top tier back. And I, I am big buddy. I am super excited about this because he needs my redraft running back. <laughs> so you, you definitely were happy this week. Oh yeah, I am in on Josh, Josh Jacobs. Yeah. Well, another name we're not surprised to see here: Christian McCaffrey, mm. twenty six point nine points, twenty three rushes for ninety six yards with two touchdowns. And three or four receptions for 38 yards. Very good numbers. Yeah, it's tough to stop McCaffrey, man. I mean, he it was a little scary watching his numbers in the beginning of the game. If you if you're one of those guys that tracks uh, fantasy football points throughout the, the course of the game, but re- remember, games they go and have in flows, and so um, CMC is always going to put up a high floor, and uh, he's the number one pick for a reason, man. Yep. Rounding out our running back studs, Ezekiel Elliott, 26.2 points, 22 for 96, and one touchdown. Three receptions for four targets, 31 yards, and another touchdown. Yeah, the only bright spot on the Dallas offense. Uh, they they had a, a pretty uh, poor outing against the Rams there. Uh, Aaron Donald was just wreaking havoc on Dak Prescott. He never looked comfortable back there. But Zeke, Zeke was a bright spot. If you had Zeke, you're happy. Otherwise, <laughs> look for the Cowboys to bounce back against that man. I'm still in on this Cowboys offense. Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> All right, let's talk some uh, wide receivers, and I want you to take this first one. Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. Damn it. <laughs> 34.6 points. Just breaking my heart, man. Um, right? Yeah, I mean, not only not only did he go against me this week, but he's he's also a Packer. And so I, I have to be upset about this on just on fundamental principles. 14 receptions on 17 targets, 156 yards, two touchdowns. 
Aaron Rodgers had himself a day, and you know, Alan Lazard and MBS both shelled out as well here. And you know, if this Packers offense looks like this going forward, that's going to be freaking scary. Absolutely. I'm really hoping they will. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. It's only week one. Uh, also in wide receivers, Calvin Ridley, 29.4 points, 9 of 12 for 130 and two touchdowns. Yeah, you know, it, that, 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 that garbage time uh, over in Atlanta, I mean, Seattle was handily beating the, the Falcons pretty much the entire way, but Julio and Ridley were always going to get theirs, and Ridley's continuing to look like the red zone target there over in Atlanta. Um, for some reason, Julio is just allergic to touchdowns. I, I, I don't get it. Um, you know, we'll get in a little bit more into Hayden Hurst and Russell Gage a little bit later. Yeah, and I'm going to bring up Julio in a minute, too. Uh, rounding out our wide receivers, and speaking of garbage time, Adam Thielen, 26 points on only six catches of eight targets for 110 yards. That's six receptions for 110 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, contrary to his previous play style, he actually found himself behind the Green Bay secondary quite a few times and just back there like a purple and yellow ninja, uh, just appearing back there and getting some of those those garbage time points out of Kirk Cousins. I mean, I want to say that the, the Packers had about 44 minutes of time of possession in this game. And so you, you really didn't have a lot of time for the Vikings to have any kind of fantasy production. And it was somewhat of a down week. They got a lot of garbage time points in this game. Uh, most of the game through, they, they, they were not looking good. And, um, you know, Thielen just man, putting up that monster performance. <laughs> just, it, man, I hate it. I'm with the fantasy football. <laughs> Right? Yeah. He's, 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 man, I can never predict him. I can never predict that. All right. Uh, tight ends. I have some, uh, some thoughts on our dud tight ends this week. So why don't you give us the good news on tight ends this week, and I'll fill us in on some of the bad in a minute. Yeah, for sure. Mark Andrews, Dallas Goddard, uh, TJ Hawkinson, and Noah Fans uh, all had great uh, fantasy football finishes this, this week. Mark Andrews shelling out for 20.3 on 5 of 6 for 58 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, he's just a monster over there in Baltimore. Uh, Dallas Goddard, no, he's, he was kind of fun because in our Dynasty League, uh, I was a little bit torn on who to start for week one. My options were Ian Thomas in Carolina, a little bit too early to start him, and he ended up not having a great day yet. I, I do think he's going to blow up eventually, but he's still kind of a wait-and-see player for me. Uh, Mike Gesicki was really the other guy that I was looking at. I really kind of wanted to trust him going into week one. Uh, I ended up going with Goddard, and I'll tell you why. I saw who my opponent was starting, and that was Zach Ertz. And I thought, if I start Dallas Goddard, I'll just this guy. And Goddard just blows up on Zach Ertz. That's just going to dump all over this guy's <laughs> And it, it, it ultimate bragging rights right there. And it ended up working out beautifully. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely beautifully. And yeah, Hawkinson and Fant, man, those uh, those were uh, two former Iowa players that uh, were both first-round picks, and they are ready to step up into the big time. They are ready for the big show. Hawkinson was making some incredible grabs, and Fant is, that's going to be excellent. Noah, fantastic, man. He's going to be great. All right. Talking about some honorable mentions, not quite the full-on studs, but having good weeks as well. And quarterbacks, we have Kyler Murray, 27.3. 
Not bad. Yeah, no, he's going to be dominant for fantasy for sure. Not every week on a consistent basis like these kind of numbers, but he's going to put these up from time to time. Yeah, sure. definitely. Uh, Lamar Jackson with 26.5, uh, kind of being a bit of a one-man army for part of the game this week, taking a few in himself. I recuse myself from this conversation. <laughs> All right, we have uh, uh, Cam Newton, 25.7, uh, running all over the place. Yeah, it was, I was really surprised. That I, I really did think that they were going to um, not design run Cam so much. I, I, I expected him to run a little bit as, as typical, but I really thought that they were going to, at least in week one, uh, give him some opportunities to really get some, some yardage from the pocket and let him kind of scramble out and make plays on his own. They were really scripting him all really run heavy. I think he only threw up 19 passes in this entire game. And he winds up, I think he ran two in, right? Um, man, Cam Newton, it, if he's back, this is going to be great for fantasy. Yeah, I, I like watching him. I think he's fun to watch because he's versatile. Yeah. And that makes that makes for exciting viewing. It's just like Lamar. It's, it's these, these wildcat quarterbacks that can play at the NFL level. Um, it's just, it's hard to guard it correctly. And it's hard to even know what correctly is at this point. Yeah, for sure. All right, and rounding out our honorable quarterback mentions, we have Matt Ryan and Mitchell Trubisky. And talk about winning in the last second. Coming out to try and uh, garbage time some points to save the game. I mean, they outperformed Kyle Mahomes in fantasy. I'm just going to throw that out there. Right. Which is, <laughs> that's got to that's gotta sting Mahomes owners a bit to see Trubisky. Higher? Well, I'm both. Um, and so for me, I guess it kind of works out. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, uh, Trubisky, like I said, I think I think you can stream him through weeks one and two. Um, I, I do think you're playing with fire if you want to stream him over over the Giants based on not not just his performance in the first three quarters of the game, but you know, the whole offense as a whole looked like they had trouble clicking together. I a lot a lot of people were really upset with Trubisky's first half performance. I happen to think that he did have some throws that I'm sure he's going to want back, but on the whole, I don't think it was all, all the struggles were not all on him from what I saw. I saw Jimmy Graham make two ridiculously, horrendously timed jumps uh, at, at some pretty good balls. Mm-hmm. He just missed time to jumps, which was, that's what he does. <laughs> that you had one job, <laughs> but, um, you know, we saw some other drops, uh, you know, Trubisky did overthrow Anthony Miller when he was wide open on a deep one. But, uh, I mean, on the whole, I don't, I don't think that Trubisky played that horrendously. I just think that the offense as a whole was out of sync. We did see the running game open up a little bit, and then eventually he did be comfortable. And, you know, when he, when he turns it off and just leads the team doing what he needs to do, it, he's just a different player. And if he can just get to that at a consistent basis, I think he'll be fine. Yeah. All right, our running back honorable mentions, Malcolm Brown, 24.5 points, two touchdowns. Comfortable. Uh, Naheem Hines, sorry, going back to Malcolm Brown, he, he looked good, though. He looked really good. It, it was surprisingly so. Cam Akers looked like his, you know, he had, he was not ready yet. You know, he had too much too much uh, processing going on, not enough playing fast. Mm-hmm. Malcolm Brown making moves, piling over people, showing some good burst. Now, he doesn't have insane top-end speed or anything like that, but he straight up looked good. And, man. This, this Rams backfield is going to be so hard for you guys. It, it, it's hard to trust Malcolm Brown moving forward, but it's it's hard not to want to try. 
And so this is, this is going to be really interesting to see how the next few weeks play out for him. Sure. Okay, uh, Naheem Hines, who we mentioned at the start of the show, and we're going to be mentioning again in a few minutes. Yeah, what are we talking about him? Are we talking about him now or later? Why don't, why don't you bring, bring him up now, and then we'll, we'll make another note about him later when we talk about some waiver pickups. Sure. I mean, with, with Marlon Mack going down, um, this is kind of a game changer. Now, uh, everyone knows Philip Rivers loves to throw, the, or to throw it to the running back position, right? He loves to check it down, and uh, that was always going to happen. In the game you saw, you saw him doing that. Marlon Mack looked good in that aspect. Jonathan Taylor obviously had, he had six catches for like 60-something yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, Naeem Hines, that's obviously his, his game. And so it was kind of, there was a curiosity question about Naeem Hines and how much production he was really going to get. Now, I think that Jonathan Taylor actually is, is very capable as a, as a receiving back. So I was skeptical on Naeem Hines uh, going into the season and how much production he was going to get. Surprisingly, though, before Marlon Mack even went down, Hines was getting almost all the playing time over Jonathan Taylor. I don't think Jonathan Taylor got even a touch until almost the end of the first half. And Naeem Hines was coming out on like fourth down and goal line carries and stuff like that. It was weird. Mm-hmm. And so with Naeem, with with Marlon Mack now down, it, it just completely changes the landscape. Not only was Naeem Hines already getting more work than most of us actually really expected, but now with Marlon Mack down, he really legitimately really has a shot at being the next Austin Eckler in this offense. And he straight up looked good on Sunday. He was running hard. I was really, really impressed with the play of Naeem Hines on top of the fact that he's getting a ton of opportunity now. With Phillip Rivers as his quarterback, I think this is a perfect scenario for Naeem Hines. He's a huge target, I think. Yeah, and another person that you like as a target, Raheem Mostert, who uh, long run catch find himself with 23.1. Why don't you, uh, why, why are you keeping an eye specifically so Raheem Mostert was kind of this guy that um, he's got that top 15 upside ability, on any, especially on any given week, right? He's got top 10 performance upside on any given week. Um, the problem is, 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 is uh, his floor in San Francisco with that four-headed committee back there. Um, Shanahan really likes to mix it up with his running backs. I, I don't know that you could count on Raheem Mostert for more than like 15 touches a week. Now, he did have more than 15 touches this week. Um, but we're going to actually break that down a little bit later um, in, a, in a following segment. And the thing about Raheem Mostert is that I just don't know, I still don't know that you can trust the overall volume, but he does have that top end speed on that on that play that he took, that, that catch that really made his fantasy day was uh, a reception he took for 76 yards to the house. And on that play, I want to say he got to like 22.7 miles per hour. The dude wow. <laughs> was just jetting. Yeah, nobody yeah. could catch him. And he has that. And so um, I, I still have him in like the David Montgomery tier where at any given time they can blow up and give you a great week, but um, they don't have the relative safe floor that a lot of these top options have. Now, as far as that safe floor goes, though, tell me how that floor did you with Nick Chubb and Joe Mixon. <laughs> well, so, I mean, we're going to get yeah. to the duds in a minute. It, that's why in fantasy football, I preach take the shot on the players that you like because when they. When they do have a down week, you're going to be a lot more forgiving. Don't reach on players that you really don't want because then you're just going to get really annoyed with them and be a little bit more impatient with them than you, than you necessarily should be. You know. All right, to round out our running back, honorable mentions, we have a trio here of Chris Carson, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, finishing with 21 and change. 
points. All very solid. Very solid running back to have. Yeah, if you had these guys, you were happy. No, I think with Elvin Kamara, you kind of breathe a sigh of relief a little bit, <laughs> um, especially with those those touch totals and yardage totals. But uh, those those two touchdowns really saved him. Um, but yeah, I mean, lots of guys had huge weeks this week. It, 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 we can't we can't put everybody in these segments, but uh, here are just a few guys that we we pick and chose from. Um, you know, yeah, there's. The, <laughs> Man, there's just so much to choose from. Why yeah, don't, why don't we just go right into the receivers? Yeah, it's here? tricky. So yeah, we'll get onto our, our wide receiver honorable mentions uh, with a solid debut in Arizona. DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, that everyone was totally concerned about his target volume, and he's at, singing to the rafters. He's not going to get the kind of uh, target share totals he got in Houston. No, he got more. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he had a, I think like a forty-four percent. Uh, Target share in that game, maybe forty percent. Yeah, coming man. coming fourteen for sixteen, one hundred fifty one. Yeah, no, no touchdowns. I don't think, but man, so much for these volume concerns. Right. Jesus. Well, and what we can touch on there that I'm going to uh, say the same about Julio Jones is you can look at some of these guys that you know it's not touchdowns. Yes, they look big on paper, but someone who's getting the targets, especially in a PPR league, and who's getting the yards. That's going to rack up a ton more points than you may even give it credit for. Credit for as a as a younger fantasy football player, you're going to look for the the touchdowns because those are exciting. But look at look at some of these point totals that are coming out of guys who didn't come up come out with a touchdown this week. That's going to be your consistency. These guys that are moving balls downfield, that's going to rack up. Yeah, because I mean, you're not going to score multiple touchdowns every game, man. Right. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know. The, I don't think I've ever seen a running back with 32 touchdowns. Right. You know what I mean? Like, um, you're going to have your ebbs and flows, and so that's why, like Alvin Kamara, that performance, though great, was a little scary. However, with you know Julio and DeAndre, those are the floors that you're looking for because no matter what, they're going to have high target volumes. They're going to have high yardage volumes, and if they happen to get a touchdown or two. They're gonna win straight up when you're your week, you know. But they're almost never gonna hurt you, and and so that's that's what we're really looking for that volume floor is all about, you know. Past that, you had uh, Darius Slayton and Juju Smith-Schuster shelling out on, on on Monday Night Football, and then Jamison Crowder and Robbie Anderson was having solid performances uh, over the weekend, you know. That these speedsters, that's what they give you. That that one big play, that that's all you need. That one big play, mm-hmm. taking it to the house. That'll change your fantasy week in a heartbeat. Yeah, most definitely. All right, our tight end honorable mentions, starting us off with Kelsey with 14 points. We have Najoku with 12 and a half, but now out. Uh, and Logan Thomas. You want to tell us about, about your thoughts on Logan Thomas here? Yeah, so I'm intrigued by him. So, you know, I think they had Jeremy Sprinkle as a tight end last year, and then they, they brought in Thaddeus Moss as an undrafted free agent, who I was really high on. I, I think he's... He's got some injury thing going on, I think. I want to say that he's on like uh, injury, uh, injured reserve or something like that. Um, I know the team did at some point release him too. Um, he's got something going on. I, I, I got to look more into that. But uh, Logan Thomas being brought in here, it, it, they're rolling with him as a starter, and you know he looked good. He looked he looked fine. You know he's a big target. He's athletic. He had only four receptions for thirty seven yards, but. Didn't manage to get the score, which is what you're looking at for the tight ends, mm-hmm. right? And then 
eight targets. Eight targets is what I'm, I'm encouraged about because looking at this offense, you know, they were really struggling to get the running game going. Um, Antonio Gibson did not get as much volume as a lot of us were hoping for. Peyton Barber was completely inefficient, you know, on, on the ground, uh, it, it, with the exception of those two goal-running carries that he fell into the end zone for. Terry McLaurin is really their only huge weapon at the moment that's that's producing. And so if they're looking for somebody else to step up. And Logan Thurman, you know, he looks like he might be it. And so we'll see. It's, at least for now, someone to keep your eye on. All right. Well, that'll do it for our honorable mentions. And now the section of our show, the duds that I have a lot of thoughts on. <laughs> because I have about eight players that show up on our list of duds. Because I had that kind of a week. <laughs> you can see how excited he is. Maybe that's why he's not happy about the show. Right, exactly. Um, well, starting <laughs> on the quarterbacks, uh, fits no magic. 7.4. 7.4. Yeah, zero touchdowns and three interceptions will do that to you. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> With Fitzpatrick, that this this is who he is. You know, every time you think he's going to do well, is when he bombs. Every time you're like not expecting anything from him, well, that that's when he's going to blow up. Never trust this guy in fantasy, man. Yeah, just no. just don't do it. And and same too. Uh, we have Tyrod, not a streamer choice. If nine points is is going to be it. Yeah, no, he he was being looked at as the because he's got a really easy first eight eight games of the schedule. I mean. You want to ride somebody for the beginning of the season. Tyrod was supposed to be the guy. Nine points, I think. No, not at all. Uh, Baker, Baker, Baker. I have him. You know, I'm I'm only lucky that that where I have him in redraft is that he's my backup. So at least he was on my bench. But he's also on my dynasty team, and we run two quarterbacks in our dynasty. So I had him alongside Drew Brees, and the combination of the two made for uh, like 80, 84 points total. Yeah, 84 <laughs> point game combined from my teams. Yeah, that was that was rough. 84 total points. Yeah, 84 total points combined from my team. And it, you know, these two definitely didn't help, but Baker in particular. Uh, like what? T- yeah, ten point nine points. Yeah, he looked. He was running for his life back there. He, did, I, I saw no difference from last year to this year. It, it's it was crazy. Um, I mean, Odell looks slightly healthier, but he looked odd out there. He, mm-hmm. yeah, there, there was it was it was an odd game for him. Uh, the ten targets was encouraging for him though. Um, but man, that line did not seem to do any better for Baker and. That was really the concern is, is you know, can he get comfortable back there? And so far, the answer is a hard no. I mean, this was the Ravens, though. Right. So I think next week, I think next week will be a perfect indication. It's, it's a perfect uh, second week matchup for us to know really early what what, what what do we do with Baker. Yeah, I I was disappointed, but he's still on the roster. We'll give him, we'll give him a chance. You're not going to drop him. You're not, not, gonna, you're not dropping him yet. Not dropping him yet. Uh, we got Haskins, Darnold, Golf, uh, with less than 13 points. Gee, who saw that coming? Right, exactly. Um, moving on to our running back duds, um, why don't you give us one here? Yeah, so I'm going to start off with Mark Ingram here. 2.9 points on 10 rushes for 29 yards. That That's it. That's it. 
That, that's it. There's no more here. Yeah. Stop, nope. stop looking at me. Don't expect more. There's nothing else here. <laughs> that's it. That's it. <laughs> that's all there is to say. Well, I, I could say a lot, but I'll try and keep this brief on the next one. Nick Chubb, someone who I've put my faith in in the past and let me down this week. Um, just, just not, not a pretty week. Not a pretty week for Nick Chubb. Yeah, not what you're looking at at all for these two guys. No. Uh, we've got uh, Le'Veon Bell with 5.6, but but left with an injury. So we'll give him a little pass. And instead, we'll throw another one of my players here, Joe Mixon, with 5.6. Yeah, he just got pooped out by his offensive line. He had nowhere to go. Yep. Oh man, that was that was that was unpleasant to watch. I'm yep. not gonna lie, that was very unpleasant to watch. I I just kept checking in on the app, checking my scores, and waiting waiting for that for that Joe Mixon number to start coming up. Yeah, you know, I I'm I'm encouraged by how much they were trying to use him at least early, but man, he just he had nowhere to go, and this was really my fear with him because last year started out very very similar to this, except they looked like they just didn't want to use him at all. Um, but you, you saw him when you, when you did get used, he had nowhere to go. And man, I'm, I'm yeah. hoping we do not have a repeat of the first half of last year. Me I too. Just, I'm so ready for this guy just to break out and stay there. <laughs> you know? Come on. I'm right there with you. <laughs> okay, talking about some wide receivers. Brandon Cooks, three points. Yeah, he put up a stinker on uh, on Thursday. You know, I mean, he was he was going into the game uh, questionable to play to begin with, but yeah, you want to see more production from him than that. They, yeah, twenty Texas, yards ain't gonna cut it. Texans just got spanked. Yeah, absolutely. Michael Thomas, three point two points. He's breaking my heart. Yeah, he's. I ended up getting him with the seventh pick overall in our redraft league. I, I I don't know how. So when I saw him there, I had to take him, and then he puts up a three point two week on. Oh, oh man, this is why I don't take receivers in the first round. Yeah, and and you and I, before the season officially kicked off, we're talking trade there, and I'm kind of I'm kind of feeling glad I forgot about that one for a bit and didn't go through with it. Then again, you know what? It didn't seem to matter this week anyway. It probably would have been fine if I would have just threw him in there because just take just if I'm gonna lose, lose just big. Roll with it. Just yeah, just, just, roll just, just lose, lose big. <laughs> Um, this one's another disappointing one to see. OBJ, 3.7, going 3 for 10, 22 yards. Yeah, and those were, I mean, some of them were flat-out balls that he should have caught. Some of them were just uncatchable. I, man, that, that whole Cleveland offense outside, outside of the running, Nick Chubb and Cream Hunt actually looked good themselves. The line didn't look good. The Baker looks really bad. Uh, you know, Odell just wasn't getting it done for whatever the reason was. I know Landry was a little bit hampered by an injury, but I did see him out there. He maybe get a couple targets. You know, Austin Hooper not really doing much. And that whole offense, man, that was just that was tough sledding. But how much of it is them and how much is Baltimore? I, I, I got to think that either way, you, you still got to play better than that. Yeah. I, I don't care. You, they had a chance to execute, and they weren't executing. So yeah, I'm going to go with that. All right, and to round us out with some wide receivers, we have Keenan Allen, 5.7. We have Mike Evans, 6.7. Cooper. Yeah, I tried to skip past. And Cooper Cup. Don't forget about Cooper. Six points. That frustration you're hearing is, yes, 
That's another one of my players, another player I put some faith in that we're talking about in this week's studs. You know what? It's like somebody saw that coming and tried to tell you. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Well, you know what? It's week one, and with week one, you play with last season's faith. You play <laughs> with, with what happened well last season, and this is sitting here on my side of the table. Dance with the one who brought you. Is that what that is? Well, you know, it's a combination of, of all the names we're now seeing down here in red. Yeah, I mean, I, I, okay, so I, I don't think Cooper's going to be here every week. But um, with that whole 12 personnel thing, Bobby Woods versus Cooper Cup, this this is exactly why I leave Bobby Woods going into the season. I do expect more of these than you would like from Cooper Cup versus, or I think Bobby Woods has that, has that good floor. Yeah. You know. Right. And then just finishing this out, AJ Brown with the with Cooper on uh, Monday Night Football getting me the win in Dynasty in Week One. Suck it, quarter posse. Yeah, see, there's a name you're happy to see in this section. Uh, tight ends, real quick. We've got the Gronk with only two point one. The Gronk. Uh, I have a sad face drawn in my notes here next to Austin Hooper again. Another another one uh, alongside uh, Evan Ingram. Both both <laughs> having very down weeks. Wow, did he look bad? But then he made some. He, so he had two catches on seven targets, and on the five that he missed, he looked terrible. But on the two that he caught, I, if I remember correctly, and at least one of them was gosh darn super impressive. He went up, grabbed that at a weird angle. Uh, man, it was it was good. What the heck is going on? He, maybe just week one jitters. Maybe I, don't overreact to anything you see in week one. Weird stuff happens, mm-hmm. um, and then. Would have liked to see more, not not as bad as some of the other names we just mentioned, but like to see more out of Hayden Hurst, George Kittle, and another name I have circled here, Darren Waller, who's yeah. another one of my another wonderful not not bad. I wasn't upset there. Yeah, with the capital that it took to get Kittle and Waller, you would have liked to see at least double digits, yeah. right? But I mean Kittle did uh, go down. He didn't I don't think he had any production in the second half because of that knee spring that he that he suffered. He did come back in and finish the game, but Obviously, he was probably hampered, right? Um, with with the lack of weapons that they have in the receiving game, they they would have used Kittle, I'm sure, if they could. Um, which concerns me a little bit about his knee moving forward, at least in the immediate future. Uh, Darren Waller, this was kind of the concern. A lot of miles of feet. They were really mm-hmm. hyper-targeting uh, Henry Ruggs. Ryan Edwards, surprisingly, didn't get any looks, really. I think he got, like, one target. And uh, they had a lot of buzz coming out of camp. I was really surprised to see they didn't trying to use him. Hunter Renfro did get some targets. With with Tyrell Williams out now, that's kind of what we expected because Henry Ruggs was getting the work in the slot in training camp. Uh, once Tyrell Williams went out, you know, it, it just makes sense that you're going to use Ruggs on the outside now and bring in Hunter Renfro a lot more. So, you know, just a plethora of options here, and it's Derek Carr, not Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. So... You know, with Hayden Hurst, I, I, I think that you're a little... Dis- I'm a little disappointed in his week one. I, I have Hayden Hurst as someone I'm really looking to break out this season and uh, really would have liked to see that out the gate. I think with Russell Gage, you're, you're going to see some alternating. I think we're seeing more out of Russell Gage than I was anticipating. Um, I think that they are going to go a little bit back and forth in matchup base now, a little bit more than I would have liked. I think Hayden Hurst, um, I would have liked to see him just really take on that third in-line role. Um, I, I think it's just going to go back and forth because you got to remember Hurst did have Jamal Adams, uh, you know, in that Seahawks defense, and Jamal Adams is a monster. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what it looks like going forward. I was just, I was, I was hoping to yeah. see a little bit more of a boom. Absolutely. Well, that'll do it for your week one studs and duds. 
But we do have week two to look forward to. And to that, we go to the wire and discuss some waiver wire pickups for week two moving forward. Some of the guys you should be keeping an eye out for for their availability. Let's, again, start off with the quarterbacks. We've got several here that are streaming contenders. Joe Burrow against Cleveland. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, okay, so first of all, this is a tough week for streaming quarterbacks. Um, a lot of the matchups that you would like to target are in like those top six, eight quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's, it's going to be a tough week for streaming. Joe Burrow is someone that I... I drafted knowing I'm not going to play him week one. I expected him to do okay, which would have given me the confidence to play him against Cleveland. He did not do okay. He did very, very bad. Bad job. And so, (laughs) 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 I don't know. It's it's like midnight. Um, (laughs) You know, playing against this Cleveland team, you you do have Miles Garrett. You do have Denzel Ward. You do have talent here. Now, they didn't look great last week. But they are at home this week. Uh, they don't have the hometown crowd, but you still have a certain swagger about you when you're on your home turf. You know, you you have that extra motivation to defend your home, and that's a real thing in football. You know, and so I think Cleveland has a real shot to play better this week. But it's I'm hoping so. I, there, there's some other there's some other streamers that I like a little bit better. These 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 two guys that you want to talk about, man. I'm just I'm just worried about trusting them if I don't have to. Yeah, well, I mean, let's let's talk about some of the other maybe better streaming choices here. Uh, we got golf at Philly, Jimmy G against the Jets. Yeah, so Jimmy G against the Jets, that one, that one's not because yeah. it's a soft matchup, right? right. Now, now the problem with Jimmy G, right, is the fact that it's obviously one a run based team, and then two, his wide receiver core is like non-existent. Um, you know, it's going to be with George Kittle being injured and then uh, just the plethora of injuries they have there. And then for some reason, the, the, the unwillingness to use Dante Pettis whatsoever <laughs> on that team, it, it's, it's, it's going to be tough slitting, but I, I think that, you know, Jimmy G is kind of a, you know, a, a technician who's going to manage the offense. He's not going to blow up and just dominate a game, but he's going to dink and dunk it. He's going to move the chains. He's going to, he, he can throw a decent deep ball. And so uh, against this poorish Jets defense, I, I like him moving the chains, keeping that kind of possession, mm-hmm. especially with the running game. And so, yeah, I, I do think Jimmy G has a, a pretty decent fantasy floor here. Um, Goff against Philly. Now, this is, if you know, Philly, it, it looks horrendous in week one in Washington. But, again, week one, stuff happens. Mm-hmm. You get it's kind of hard to pick and choose what you believe. And perennially, Philly typically has a pretty solid defense. And there's not a lot of reason to believe that this defense won't bounce back. Goff is terrible against good defenses. And so, you know, with him having a down week last week, the offensive line actually looked a little bit better to me in in L.A. Um, The weapons there, Bobby Woods, Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby, he's got... Weapons to use. I think Gerald Everett uh, went down with an injury. I don't know the status of that off the top of my head. Uh, We'll find more about that uh, as the week goes on. But Goff is just... King Goff needs to earn his freaking crown, man. That's that's, that's just the bottom line. I I am not in on streaming Goff until he goes back to doing what he did two years ago. Yeah, well, there are other options. 
We there is maybe Gardner. You, Mitch you got Gardner against Tennessee, yeah. Yeah. Or you've got Mitch. Yeah, Mitch and Tannehill. That's okay. So if if I'm gonna pick one guy here, it's gonna be Gardner Minshew uh, mm-hmm. against Tennessee. I am all over the mustache magic man, <laughs> magic mustache man. How are we gonna say that? I don't know. Yeah. yeah Whatever. Right, Something so like that. But you've, you've got some options. You've got some options in quarterback for streamers. Yeah, I mean, this guy went 19 for 20 uh, against the Indianapolis Colts team, and he's got some heck of targets there. You know, Mitch against the Giants, I think you're playing with fire there, but he can get it done. It is a soft matchup, and he is at home. I, I, I think that you're rolling the dice a little bit, but if, if you're in a, any kind of quarterback wasteland, these, these four are really the guys that I would target. Jimmy G, Gardner Minshew, uh, Mitch, if you have to against New York, and uh, Tannehill against Jacksonville, I think will be okay too. I think Tannehill will be a solid floor. I don't think he's going to throw the ball forty-two times again uh, in this game. At least uh, Tennessee hopes not. But you know, uh, he's got the he's got the weapons to use between AJ Brown, uh, Corey Davis had a decent game. You know, we'll see. If, yeah, we'll see if that was just a flash in the pan. Jamie Smith is great though, and so you, you do have stuff there to use. For yeah. Sure. Uh, talking about some uh, running backs, we'll list a couple of names for you real quick. Uh, Naheem Hines, we talked about. Um, yeah, he's a great waiver wire ad. He's, you know, he. I think he's going to have that that real strong shot at being the next Austin Eckler this season, and that he'll be good for your your fantasy roster all season long. Um, I'm definitely all over him in a redraft league for sure. Yeah, uh, Malcolm Brown. You gotta yeah. hey, you gotta start somebody. Yeah, you gotta bet on somebody at some point. And in that backfield, Malcolm Brown certainly looks like a piece to bet on, at least for right now. Now, if he comes out and comes out for like, you know, twelve carries for thirty six yards, no TDs, and Cam Makers comes out and puts up over seventy, then what are you gonna do with him? Right. That's kind of one of the reasons why, like, I like Malcolm Brown as an ad this week, but I'm I'm tempering. Uh, we run a fab system. So if, if you're like, if you're on a number one, if you have the number one priority, I would probably try to scoop up like the Naeem Hines or the, you know, we'll get to like, we'll get to some of the receivers later, but uh, Malcolm Brown, I probably wouldn't burn that waiver priority on um, or a, a ton of fab because there, there is a realistic possibility that you could be dumping him in the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. Right. So we'll see. But right now he does look like the, the guy to take your bet on. Yep. Some other options at running back. We have uh, James Robinson, Joshua Kelly. Yeah, I mean, if 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 there's still if, if James Robinson's still available, a lot of people were picking him up going into uh, week one because of the whole Leonard Fournette mess, and they did they did make it pretty clear that it was going to be James Robinson starting out. So uh, Joshua Kelly looking like absolutely the handcuff to own in in LA. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, one I want to bring up here, uh, Peyton Barber. Now, looking at 17, 29 yards, two touchdowns. It's a flat. We're talking flash in the pan here? Or is this, I mean. I mean, is it really even a flash? I mean, I think it's kind of like a sparkle. You think so? <laughs> I mean, he was, I mean, what, what was, goes, it, what goes was it, 29 total yards? 29 total yards, but yeah, two touchdowns. You now, can't rely on that. Man. Well, but but he's going to get the goal line work. That's what I'm. That's see. That's what I'm wondering. Well, how much do you expect Washington to move the ball? Well, that's and that's a, that's a it's that's a tricky proposition. The 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 point that you have going in your favor is that their their defense is not um, not abysmal. Mm-hmm. You know they they were uh, quite a bit unhealthy last year, and but they did have a lot of key pieces in place. I think that 
We're going to see a completely different defense out of this team this year, uh, especially adding Chase Young, who's just a, a freak of nature. Um, so, yeah, I mean, maybe their offense gets some more uh, better field position, you know, starting out for the offense, you know, a little bit more time of possession type of stuff, more, more chances, right? But, no, I Peyton Barber is not the piece that I want here. I'm, to be honest with you, I... If you're in a deep league and you're really struggling at, at running back, if you're like if you're a level owner and you're like scrambling to pick up somebody, if you're in a deeper league, yeah, sure, you can roll with Peyton Barber and hope that he falls into the end zone again. Personally, I'm gonna wait until either Gibson or Love hit, right? Uh, obviously, Love's the odd man out at the moment. He didn't even suit up on, on Sunday, but uh, I, I'm still holding on a little bit of hope from him because I didn't I didn't see anybody that distinguished himself in the, in the Washington backfield yet, and so. Gibson and Love have the talent to uh, showcase. And so I'm going to wait for whichever one of them gets there first. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to go after that Washington backfield. But it, for right now, I think Peyton Barber's a, a lesser version of a, a poor man's version of Malcolm Brown. Sure. And I, I brought up Peyton Barber specifically for fantasy players that are going to see, well, look at how much the projection was beat by. Maybe I should go and pick him up. And well, you got to see where those where those points came from, and is that reliable points, or was that just a happened to be a star week? So something to, something to consider when you're looking at some of these waiver wire pickups is how did they get their points, and can you count on those yeah, points? Yeah, look at the volume. Look at the volume. Volume is a great indicator. Mm-hmm. Now, someone you like, Josh Adams. Yeah, Josh Adams is. Uh, see, I like him as a player. I liked him in Philly too, actually. Um, you know. He ordinarily he would be a great. I would I'd be all over Josh Adams and definitely want to give him a shot just just to see what happens. Just because I like I like him as a player, but um, with Bell only out for seemingly about three weeks, a minimum of three weeks, but I don't think it's projected to be much more than that uh, with the type of injury he sustained. And then the, the matchups for uh, the Jets over the next few weeks are are not great, starting with San Francisco this upcoming week. So I just what's the I, I, even if he hits, I, I think he's going to have a limited ceiling. And so it's, you know, uh, I'm looking elsewhere. I, I, I'm glad that he's getting an opportunity. And let's see what he does with it. I'm going to keep like one eye out for him. But I'm, he's not a guy I'm putting my money on. And then and past that, uh, the only other one to really talk about is from Monday Night Benny Snell. If the poor James Conner owner didn't insure James Conner in the draft, mm-hmm. go grab Benny Snell. Because uh, this is a guy that needs to be rostered in all formats anyway. Mm-hmm. If, if James Conner misses any length of time for certain, plug and play Benny Snell. No problem. Don't even have to think about it. Yep. All right. A quick note on a couple of wide receivers. Uh, we've got uh, Robbie Anderson. Yeah, I really like I really there's there's two receivers I really like uh, going into this week, and that would be Robbie Anderson and Paris Campbell. Those are my two favorite targets for the week. Uh, that's who I have most of my fab money uh, bet on um, or bid on. And, uh, you know, Robbie Anderson, he's got the talent. He's got the talent, and it looks like he might actually get the playing time. He got more snaps than Curtis Samuel, and that's what I was waiting to see. I wanted to see, was he going to be the odd man out after Curtis Samuel, or was he going to get that starting role opposite DJ Moore? Um, And then Paris Campbell, his role is pretty secure. And so we we saw what we need to see. He's the the next T.Y. Hilton, and I think he's going to be better than T.Y. Hilton this year. Yeah. Uh, there's one I want to talk about, uh, MVS. He's maybe worth a stash, but I mean the numbers were 
good. 17.6 points. Uh, four for six, 96 yards and a touchdown. Uh, week two at Lions. That, that, maybe? Yeah, I mean, so for me, it's, I don't think that you're going to get production out of Adams, Lazard, and MBS all together on a weekly basis. I don't think that you can count on that. And so for me, it's kind of a take your pick between MBS and Lazard. Um, I was in the Lazard camp uh, all through the offseason and going into week one, and I think of them still there. I know that MBS had 30 more yards and a couple more targets. They both caught an uh, you know, a touchdown pass, and so I, I still put my chips on Lazard. I just, I just like Lazard better um, from the squad. I, I can't even put a reason to it yet. I just watching them. I think MVS is that kind of boom bust kind sure. of receiver, whereas Lazard's going to get the constant production, and I, I don't like the boom bust receivers necessarily. Now, if my squad's not, kind of built for that, then sure, but. I like the guys that I can count on. Yeah. Uh, anyone else in the wide receiver potentials you want to bring up? I mean, Russell Gage looks like he's going to be a thing. Um, you know, like, like I was alluding to before, I think he's, it's going to be kind of matchup-based between him and Aiden Hurst and who's going to have the bigger performance. I think you're going to see I think you're going to see uh, Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones on a consistent basis be able to perform. And then it's going to be either Gage or Hurst is going to have a really solid performance. But I, I don't think that you're necessarily going to see all four of them um, at any given point in time. Sure. All right, let's talk real quick uh, some tight end streaming possibilities. Uh, We've got uh, Logan Thomas. We've got uh, Jimmy Graham. Because, sure, why not? Um, (laughs) Austin Hooper against Cincy. Could be a a good play this week. Yeah. So uh, going through those three, you know, um, Jimmy Graham – Clearly going to get the targets in Chicago, especially by the red zone, and that's what, what you're really looking for. So as long as he stays healthy, once he starts getting banged up, I think I would start to lean away from him. But until then, in these softer matchups where you can see the Bears putting up a, a, at least a few points, yeah, I would uh, I would say that you could probably roll with Jimmy Graham as a streamer. Um, Logan Thomas is someone that I'm not looking to stream necessarily this week, but it's someone that I'm, I'm absolutely keeping my eye on. So if you have a tight end that you're good um, – starting this week, but you're not sold on as a season-long starter, maybe grab uh, Logan Thomas for a stash and just kind of see what he does over the next couple of weeks. Uh, grab him early while he's cheap, because if he blows up, then he's going to be harder to get, right? Uh, and then Austin Hooper. Now, I think you can play your Austin Hooper uh, going against Cincy this week. I think that this would be a perfect matchup to, to use him in. But that, that, that's who I think he's going to be on this Cleveland offense. Is I think he's going to be more matchup-based than mm-hmm. a steady every... He's talented enough to get it done every week, but in this offense, on this system, with these, with this uh, situation that he's in, I just don't think that you want to roll with him every single week. Uh, then you got John Hu against uh, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars. John who you know, I like. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a decent game. He came up with a touchdown uh, on Monday night. Uh, I think you know Jacksonville's a, a, a fine matchup for him. And then my dark horse. Uh, I'm all over Ian Thomas. I, I know that he didn't blow up yet. The breakout's coming. You know, the breakout's coming for Ian Thomas. I really like Ian Thomas on this squad. I really like him with Teddy Bridgewater. I think it's only a matter of time. And once it happens, there's no there's no going back. Mm-hmm. So keep an eye out for it. I think it's possible that he comes up with a, a very solid game here against Tampa Bay. Yep. All righty. So the, those are our suggestions for some of the guys to look for on the waiver wire. 
Now we also have a segment we like to call the hold your horses segment. Some players we want to talk about that whatever you're thinking of doing, there. yeah, whatever you're thinking of doing, maybe just don't do it. Maybe don't try and buy big right now. Maybe don't try and sell yourself short. You've got a few. I've got one. Why don't you give me one of yours? Sure. I'm going to start with Reem Mostert. Okay. Um, you know, we, we talked about Mostert. I mean, I like him as a player. But I'm not particularly high on him. Like I said, I still have him right around that, that in, in that same tier as David Montgomery. Because, you know, sure, he, he shelled out for 23.1 points. And by the way, this is a perfect time to bring it up as we haven't addressed this yet. All of our uh, points totals that we give you, all of our analysis, all these numbers, they're all for half-point PPR leagues. Yeah. Uh, we, we default to half-point. We use half-point in our leagues, but, you know... Uh, but between the three formats, you know, half points just seems to be what uh, is, is best to use for analytics because it's a really good medium, yeah. you know. And so 23.1 points in a half point PPR um, setup, he's, if you break this down though, he, 15 rushes for 56 yards. That stat worries me. That's that bother, straight up bothers me. That's what, 3.7 carry, right? Not impressive numbers, no. you know. And that's not what I'm looking for from from him, uh, especially in that matchup. I mean, the, the Cardinals' defense played well that day, but I mean, this is a, this if if most is going to run all over anybody, it, it should have been this team, right? And he and he kind of did on one play, right? And he had that one reception for 76 yards, and he took it to the house, just speeding past everybody, and and that's kind of what he gives you, right? That's that's kind of the thing about Mostert. And so you can kind of expect that from him at least a little bit, right? But I have a hard time banking in that because outside of that one 76-yard um, pass that he, that he took to the house, he only had three catches for 19 yards. And so I don't like banking on low-volume total. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't Low-volume, low-efficiency, that that's not what I like to bank on. And so... Uh, and he's not a receiver that, like, I can expect, like, a Darius Slayton, where, you know, you're that's that's what you're hoping for, you know. I mean, man, I don't know. But then it's tough because, you know, you, you look at his next few matchups, though, because he's playing against the Jets, the Giants, Philly, which is a, a pretty okay defense, but then he's got the, the Dolphins. And so it's like, most is kind of that weird one, you know, like, it, it, if you were lucky enough to where he, he he you didn't have to reach for him and he fell to you, ride him out. You can you can you can ride him out during this period, kind of see where he's at. You're in a good position to do so, where it's it, it shouldn't really hurt you to find out. So he's kind of one of those guys where I'm like, you know, don't get too excited about him yet. Don't be doing your um, victory laps quite yet, you know. Um, but we'll see we'll we'll see where he goes from here. Just I, I want to see those efficiency metrics come up a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Uh, one I want to bring up uh, real quick, Chase Edmonds. Okay, don't get too excited. I don't think what you saw is going to be an every week kind of thing. You still have Kenyon Drake sitting on top. I mean, I know I looked and I saw the points from this week and thought, hmm, this looks good. No, wait, hang on a minute. Don't, don't let this, don't let this fool you. Don't get ahead of yourself. Yeah, sure. I mean, Kenyon Drake's not going to be a 38-touch guy, right? 30-touch uh, game guy. You know, Chase Edmonds is going to get some work. Yeah. And I, you're, you're, you're going to be, I think you're going to be disappointed if you try and bank a little too hard. 
Yeah, I mean, he's not someone you're trying to start yet, right? You know, um, for sure. So yeah, I mean, eleven points. I could see how that'd be tempting to put into a flex or something like that. But and and I think that's right about where he's at. I mean, yeah. I, I would expect him to put up either sixty yards or a touchdown in most weeks. Yeah, you know, as 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 uh, the backup to Kenyon Drake. But he's not he's not the guy that you're. This is not an RDBC here. He's just going to spell Drake, and so. What you're really doing is with, with Chase Edmonds, he's a home run hit if Kenyon Drake goes down. He's that kind of league winner. If Kenyon Drake goes down, you all of a sudden have yourself like a top five guy. He's a stash and kind of hold and, and hope for the best. Or he's the handcuff to Kenyon Drake if you have Kenyon Drake, mm-hmm. right? And so that, that he's a role kind of guy in fantasy football. His role is not in the starting lineup unless the lead back goes down. For yeah. sure. All right. Um, can you give me one more? Or do you, I know I you got. got a few a, I know you got a few more. I got a few more. So let's let's okay. run through these real. Quick. All right. Go so I'm going to give you Chris Carson right here. I'm going to say pump the brakes on this guy because, um, look, it's easy to talk about the fact that he only had six attempts uh, on the ground and then you know the six targets for a total of twelve touches, and in a backfield where you know they're going to rotate through. Carlos Hyatt actually looked, in my opinion, like he had more burst than um, Chris Carson did in that game. A lot of people wanted, I heard a lot of experts talking about how Chris Carson looked fine. He looked okay. He looked okay coming back from injury. He didn't to me. He looked slow. He looked hesitant. He looked like he he looked like he was focusing more on his balance and maintaining his body control than he was about playing hard, running through players like I see him do, making those hard cuts. He didn't look, he didn't run the way I usually watch him run. And so... Um, and that's kind of what I wanted to see going into going into week one from that injury last year. I wanted to see just what he looked like from a mental perspective running the ball and uh, from a physical perspective on, on those hips and those cuts and things like that. And it didn't look like he had much burst to me. And outside of those two touchdowns that he got on the back of an easy pitch and catch, his production floor was nothing. It was worse than most days. And so um, you want to talk about a, a high output over 20 points – I wouldn't be trying to trade for this guy yet. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm not. I'm not attacking this guy with saying, "Okay, yeah, no, he's a real deal." Um, I mean, if you drafted him, you're probably going to start him, sure. right? But if I could move him for like a key piece, I'm all about it. Like, if somebody offers me Jonathan Taylor for Chris Carson, <laughs> that's not even. That's I'm, I might I might pull the trigger too quickly and they might rescind that offer. You know what I'm saying? Are, um, are, are you trying to fish for me to make that deal to you? <laughs> no, I don't have Chris Carson. <laughs> <laughs> um, coming up next is uh, Jamison Crowder with the uh, with the San Francisco, Indianapolis, and Denver matchups coming up. I understand that he is very obviously the only show in town in New York. And uh, look, man, I'm not buying into Donald. I'm not buying into Adam Gase's offense. Left Bell is down now. Um, Frank Gore and Josh Adams are going to get some work, but how much are they going to put up against the San Francisco, Indianapolis, and Denver defenses? You know, he gets a little break against Arizona, but then after that, he goes against the Chargers and Buffalo. So it's like with Jamison Crowder, I understand that you drafted him more for his floor than his ceiling, um, and, and that's what he sh- he should be. St- Stick to that kind of flex mentality with him. Don't think that he's automatically a wide receiver too now with that massive blow-up game. Uh, I mean, I realized that it was against Buffalo, but that was off the back of a monster touchdown catch. He, he read, 
gosh, I don't, I don't even want to get the number out, but I know it was a long play. Mm-hmm. It was one of those long touchdown plays that gives you like 12, 13 points off just one, that one play. And so, um, it's this offense. I'm not buying into this offense. And then the last one I want to give you is OBJ. Hold your horses on OBJ. I'm going to flip it a little bit here. I gave you some guys that, you know, had some monster production that don't get too excited about. I'm going to flip it here and say, don't fire sell on OBJ just yet. Um, Odell didn't look great in week one against Baltimore. That's any fool can see that. And Baker obviously is scary to trust at this point. However, Beckham did get 10 targets. That's a huge share for someone of his talent. And with the draft capital that you invested to get him, you can't just drop him. Right. Right. And so what are your options? Well, if you want him off your team, you have to trade him. Who are you going to trade him for? What are you going to get for him right now? It's week one. Don't overreact. Hold off a little bit. Let's see how he does in some of these softer matchups. Let's see if Baker can stabilize out. If, if Baker can find a rhythm at all, it should mean big things for Odell Beckham Jr. So this guy's just too crazy talented. I, I, I understand that he's a bit of a, a, a you know antics head case type of thing. The guy the guy's a weird dude, and he does some weird things on and off the field. But the fact is, is this guy makes plays that nobody else in the NFL can make. And so... Um, if you have uh, some stable receivers that you can use in addition with OBJ, then I, th- I think that you can continue. You can even roll with him against Cincinnati, I think. Excellent. For sure. All right, well, to round out our show, we have a segment we like to call the Hometown Corner because we wouldn't be the shy guys if we didn't put a little extra time talking about our beloved Chicago Bears. Uh, we have run a bit bit long with the show today, so I'm giving you, I'm giving you five minutes. I know you've got a lot to say. Yeah, but, no. Well, we've got some listeners and some watchers that aren't aren't Bears Bears hometown guys. So this is what we need five episodes a week, man. This I, is, I cannot squeeze five five episodes worth of content into one episode. <laughs> There's just I can never do it. There's I'm still leaving so much on the table that I wish we had the chance to talk about today. Um, but yeah, so hometown corner. Um, here's my little segment about the Bears. Look for Mitch to build some momentum and and hopefully establish some consistency and confidence against the Giants next week. With another week to heal, I'm hoping to see Monty get some more uh, more of a workload. I'd, I'd really like to see him, uh, you know, what he can what he can do against a worn down defense at like the end of the third, going into the fourth quarter type of thing. He didn't really one the Bears' offense wasn't in a position to, to really lean on the running game that late in the game because obviously they had to make that comeback. And and two, you know, uh, trusting that, that that groin issue. You know, it, it's always hard to, trusting a soft tissue injury. And so, um. You know, the, the Bears' offensive line did do a much better job blocking against Detroit, much better than they looked pretty much all season last year. Uh, A-Rob and Anthony Miller ready to make some plays. Now, A-Rob, now that's a story. Uh, today, today he, he did the, the Twitter thing or an Instagram where he took off anything Bears-related, uh, really trying to send a message to the team, I guess. Uh, it's kind of passive-aggressive for me, but sure. But then he did reportedly ask for a trade. And so... Um, man, as, as a Bears fan, that's just disheartening. Anthony, as I said it Sunday, Anthony Miller is the hands-down best wide receiver the Chicago Bears have had in franchise history. And this is one of the oldest franchises in the, in the league. You know, A-Rob is just, he's a monster. He's incredible. I'd love to see him get paid. It, 
it's it's tough with the cap scenario. I I don't know the details of what the Bears are really working with. I don't know how much he's asking for versus how much room do we can we even afford with the salary cap what he wants. We we can't put ourselves in a position where we can't give anyone else in a contract extension, right? There are other guys that we need to resign too, and so man, I just hope we can keep it around. I just, <laughs> I, just, I I hope that it doesn't end up. I hope that it ends up more like the Raheem Mostert side, where yeah. like Mostert was asking for the trade, he wanted a little bit more money, and I think they gave him like a million per year, like extra, just that that little mm, that, yeah. that little smidgen, just to just to make him, you know, obviously it's like let you feel like you won this, you know, it's not going to be that cheap. I don't know what it's going to be, but I'm, I'm hoping it's something like that because I would hate to see him go to that. I, you know, the draft picks would be nice, but I'd rather just have a, a round. I'd rather just have the dominant wide receiver one. This guy, that guy is, even when he's covered, he's open. And so, you know, Anthony Miller's looking good, but he's not He's not ready to take the spot of, of A-Rod quite yet. You know, the tight end root group definitely looked better than it looked all last year, which is encouraging. Hopefully, Jimmy Graham can stay healthy. Um, I'd like to see him get into a little, a little bit more of a rhythm, let Trubisky get those timing done. Yeah. Once they get that timing down, I think you'll see uh, things look a lot better, too. But, you know... They should have a very solid season, and and it should be easy sledding going going against the Giants at home. So, really, it's the Bears' woes with a slow with a slow start will be the the looming monster in the closet. You know, if if they can get off to a quick start and really develop some rhythm early, that's the next step that the Bears' offense really needs to take um, as as a team because that's really been their biggest issue. Plenty of times last year, they came out looking slow and just terrible first half and you're like oh no here we go again and then in the second half they, they kind of pick it up a little bit and it, even Mitch in, yeah. in, a, in a lot of circumstances and so what I really like to see is that stuff stops and just from beginning to end you just see consistent play across the board it doesn't have to be great play sure it doesn't have to be game break we don't have to see what we saw in the fourth quarter all game long right that's not what I'm advocating for at all I would, that's that's I would not like, going to work all the time. No, I, I would like to see that spread out throughout the game. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And so go, going 0 for 7 on your first fourth, I don't know, sorry, on your first seven third, uh, third down possessions, yeah. that's conversions. That's not going to get it done. Man, I screwed that. Can we, <laughs> can we, cut, can we cut that? No, 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 no. We're, no, we're, we're going to do it live. Thanks. Appreciate yeah. that. Um, but no, I just. I like what we're looking at as a team here. I before I'm sold and in, like I said, these two first two weeks they were going to be easy matchups. So I'd like to yeah. see us get some rhythm and momentum and really get some security going in because uh, against uh, Atlanta, I think that's going to test our defense, mm-hmm. at which or they got punched in the mouth oh, yeah. against Detroit. Detroit came out especially in the the second that first drive of the second half. They punched the defense in the mouth and just. And it was nasty. Yeah, there's no doubt. Bad. These early games, this is this is the time where you can recover from the mistakes. Because after this, the mistakes yeah. are going to get more punishing. Every team around the league took, it took time. Look at the Steelers on Monday night. You know, it, it takes teams time to gel. It takes some time to work out the kinks and shake off the rust. And so, you don't know what's what the real story with anybody is yet. Mm-hmm. So just hold your breath a little bit. Wait till week three. Week three after week three, that's. That's when I start to take my victory laps. You know, I made a lot of good calls going into the season. There were, what, only two wrong calls that I made going into week one? That's good. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that. I'm not taking any victory laps. If all what I've been saying holds true through through the end of week three, then I'm taking my victory laps. Yeah, I'm definitely. Happy. This early this early in the fantasy season, you, you can't 
let emotion get do, in the way of it. Do not overreact. Yeah, absolutely. You, you got to remember that we're we're just getting into the season. We're just getting things together. All right. Well, with that, we will bring episode one of the 2020 Shy Guys Football Podcast season to a close. We want to thank you all for watching. We are looking forward to hopefully from my end a more exciting week two of the fantasy. And you probably just take another week one again, right? Yeah, that's, no, that's hey, good you. I'll take another four and do it. All right, well, while we wait for that, in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, tell us about how your weeks win, hopefully better than mine, you can leave a comment down below right here on YouTube. You can shoot us an email at shyguysfootball at gmail.com. Or we'll answer your questions live on the show. Absolutely. Uh, or tweet at shyguysfootball on Twitter. Uh, until then, thank you all for joining us, and we'll see you next time. I'm Donnie Mack with Anthony Cassett. We'll see you. Peace out.